This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's Monday, June 12th. Do you know what day it is? It's today in sports betting. Hello and welcome to the start of the week. Uh, interesting Monday slate. Big NBA championship basketball game tonight. Can the Heat bring home the pardon me, Can the Nuggets bring home their first ever championship, or did the Heat send it back to South Beach? I'll let you know what I'm thinking soon. But before we get into that, uh, this is Sports Ethos presentation, and if you haven't already, go to SportsEthos.com. Check out a lot of our information there. A lot of free information ton of podcasts, whether you're into sports wagering, which is uh, the group that I head up, or you're into fantasy sports, or you're into DFS, ton of information, a lot of contributors. Um, if you're interested in joining the team, by all means, send me a DM, let me know. But a lot of interesting stuff going on here and a lot of great um, content being produced. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and as always, you can find me at Doug underscore Reed 34 on the Twitter machine. Always happy for any DMs, feedback, thoughts, comments, things you like, dislike, send them to me and I will respond as quickly as I can, which is usually relatively quickly. Before we get to the NBA and the eight games in the diamond, little walk down the history of June 12th in sports. So about 33 years ago, Ricky Henderson on this date, June 12th, stole his 900th base, becoming just the second player ever to steal that many bases. He would obviously go on to surpass Lou Brock as the all-time steals leader. But 900, put that in perspective. You know, if a guy steals 40 bases this year, um, sorry, let's say 45, just make the number math, the math work easy. If he steals 45 bases this year, he, these, these days, he's an elite base stealer, an elite base stealer. Um, and he would have to do that for 20 years. Don't think that's going to happen. Somebody steals 90, nobody steals 90. Even this year with increased bases, um, new rules to, to promote scoring. Somebody one day might get up to 90, but he'd have to do that for 10 years. And that's just to get to 900. I think Ricky got over 1,000. So uh, I'm not sure we're ever going to see another base dealer quite like Ricky Henderson. But this day, 23 years ago, he hit number 900. A year later, 1991, the Bulls beat the Lakers 108 to 105 in game five of the NBA championship to win their first of three straight titles. And Michael Jordan was named the game uh, series MVP. 2002, the Lakers beat the New Jersey uh, Nets 113-107 for their third straight title. And Shaq won his third straight MVP. That's what back in the Shaq and Kobe days. Good times for Lakers fans. 2009, uh, in the Stanley Cup, Pittsburgh beat Detroit 2-1 in Game 7 at Detroit, and this was the third cup for Pittsburgh. What's interesting is seven years later in 2016 on this exact date, also June 12th, uh, Pittsburgh beat San Jose 3-1 to win the series 4-2 and win their fourth cup. Uh, squeezed in between there, back to 2011, Dallas Mavericks won their only NBA championship on this date. They beat the Heat uh, 105-95 in Game 6 to win their first title. 
2017, the Golden State Warriors played the Cleveland Cavaliers and won in Game 5, 129-120. to 120. Um, I think this is the third straight year that these teams uh, played in the finals. Uh, which is quite interesting. You don't see that kind. Of, you don't see that very often in any sport anymore. And then in 2019, Boston beat St. Louis 4-1 to win the Stanley Cup um, and finish what was a credible season for them. Not as credible this year, but they obviously aren't going to be winning the Stanley Cup this year. But it was a great season back in 2019. So a lot of interesting date. Huge. Uh, I think you know. I, lo- I love that Ricky Henderson stat, but a lot of championships have been won on this date. Early June, that's what tends to happen. The NBA wrapping up, the NHL wrapping up. So will it be another championship night tonight for Denver? That is the question. And I see this game right now. We have Denver about minus nine and total 209 and a half. You can shop around. It seems to be bouncing, still bouncing, oddly enough, between minus nine and minus uh, eight and a half. So depending on what side you're on, definitely shop around for that number. So down on DraftKings, I see it down to... Uh, eight and a half, but minus one fifteen. The total is two ten on Fanduel. Just re um, resetting Fanduel on Fanduel. Uh, also eight and a half, minus one ten though, and the total is two ten. But we'll just a little to the under. So definitely shop around. Now just to recap this series. So Denver's up three games to one. Uh, game first two games were at Denver. Denver won first one one hundred four ninety three. So they won by eleven. They were about. I think an eight, eight and a half point favorite. So easy cover. Well, it wasn't actually easy, uh, but covered that one. Now, I think there were nine point favorites because I remember uh, there was a shot late in the game in garbage time and had Miami hit it, they would have come close to covering. So they would have lost by nine. So I think there were nine point favorites and total was in around the 214 number. So uh, Denver won by 11 covered and 197 went under. Next game, Miami came in uh, as eight, eight and a half point underdogs again, but they won 111 to 108. So they won by three covered 219 was the total that actually went over the only game in this series that totals gone over game one in Miami, Denver won 109 to 94. They were about three point favorites. They won by 15 easily covering 203 is the total. And last game, Denver 108 to 95. They're about eight point favorites. They won by 13 easily covering 203. Also the total also going under. So Denver has won every game. Denver's won. They've covered. Uh, they've been a favorite in every game. Uh, the one the game, the three games they won, they've covered. They've won by 11, by 15, by 13. So they've won and covered easily. The totals have, other than every game Denver's won, totals went 197, 203, 203. All went, went well under by four to six points. Um, the first one by even more. And the game Miami won and covered, the total actually went over. So uh, not that I follow those kind of trends or – um, think that there's anything to, to buy in that. Obviously, if Miami wins, they have to score more. If they score more, the total tends to go over. So if you think the Heat are going to win, you could probably lean to the, I would lean to the total over. When I look at the spreads, spreads are fairly, well, not fairly evenly split. Uh, the total at nine, as I said, it's come down to about eight and a half. I see at nine, we've got 68% of the bets on Miami, but 64% of the money. So flip that around. 34% of the bets on Denver, 36% of money. On the total, 209.5, but it's ticking up. No, it's still, yeah, 209.5, 210. Uh, about 68% of the bets, 74% of the money on the over. Uh, so if anything, I would I would lean to the over. I know the games of all uh, three Denver wins have gone under, but I'm actually going to be on Miami. It's sitting at 8.5. If I can get it at 9, I'm going to be on Miami. 
uh, I think they can keep this game close. Uh, I said earlier, I think this series goes to six. For that to come true, Miami would have to win. Do I think Miami's going to win tonight? No. But I could see them covering eight and a half, nine point spread. Uh, backs to the wall. Jimmy Butler. Kyle Lowry's been there before. Veteran. Getting more minutes. Kevin Love's been there. Getting more minutes. Bam's playing well. Uh, Butler is not his elite self, but he's been good enough. Uh, and the supporting cast, the depth has certainly been there throughout the playoffs. So I think they have what it takes to keep it close. Uh, I'm not sure they win. And they don't, yeah, I don't think they're going to win. But I don't think they're going to lose by uh, nine or more points. Although in the three losses, as I said earlier, they've lost by 11, by 15, by 13. So they've certainly lost big. But uh, I think they keep it close. I'm going to be on Miami, and if anything, I would lean towards the over. As I said earlier, if Miami, and you know, it's a one-game sample size, but the one game that went over in a series, the total is at 219 and went over. Total here at 210. If Miami wins, uh, they're going to have to score. Obviously, they're going to have to wait to find find a way to stop. Or you can't stop Jokic and Murray. They got to slow them down. But I think if they win, uh, they're going to have to put up some more points. Then uh, they're going to have to get well over 100. The three losses, they've averaged 94 points, 93, 94, and 95. So you got to learn to put not learn. Figure a way to put the the the, the, uh, the ball in the basket, get some points, control the big guys in Denver, and I think they keep it close. Again, do I think they win? No, uh, but I think they keep it closer than nine points. So I'm going to be on Miami catching those points. Can take a quick break when we get back. A uh, short game, Monday game. Monday in the uh, MLB is often a short slate, eight games, and we'll get to those in a second. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. First game of the diamond is in Detroit, where the Tigers are hosting the Braves. Now, most of the numbers, there's a money line, there's no run line, no spread, and that's because uh, Detroit just named Tyler Holton their opener. He's clearly going to be an opener for this game. And the Braves have Charlie Morton righty on the hill. So I'm seeing Atlanta anywhere between a minus 220, minus 225 favorite Tigers in the buyback, plus 185 to about plus 190. Uh, so no, can't touch this game. I like Atlanta. I like them a lot, not laying 225. Morton comes in 69 in the third innings, 3.89 ERA, 1.46 whip. Not doing his usual things. But uh, I just think the way Detroit's hitting, they're struggling against everybody. And I see Morton being able to limit them. Bullpen game for the Tigers. <clears throat> as much Holt, as much, excuse me, as much as Holton has done well, uh, I don't really see the Tigers' bullpen being able to limit the Braves for the entire game. The Braves have been hitting slow down a little, obviously. Um, well, they get swept by Oakland recently, so slowed down quite a bit. But um, they're the Braves, so they will shake out of it. So not really give me – not really a whole lot of analysis to be had in this game because I don't have a side either way. Next game is in Boston. And I'm not there yet, but I'm almost – I think I might be on one play here. Uh, Red Sox host the Rockies. Boston comes in minus 230 on the money line. The road Rockies plus 90, 195. Total here is 10. 
Juice to the under at minus 120 on FanDuel. It's already moved. Sorry, on DraftKings. On FanDuel, it's already moved down to 9.5. So you can get 10 on DraftKings at minus 120, which I don't want to touch. And on FanDuel, it's down to minus 9.5, but it's juicy over minus 115. So you can get the under at minus 105. That's probably the play. I'm not on it yet, but that's what I'm looking at. Don't want to play the minus 120. Um... It's going to wait a little closer to game time, see if I can get minus 10, but at a minus 115 or better. For the Red Sox, they throw out their veteran lefty who is back and pitching fairly well. I think three bad outings and three good outings and one bad outing, uh, James Paxton so far. 26 innings, 3.81 ERA, 1.23 whip, 36 strikeouts, so he's mowing a lot of guys down, doing well there. Uh, for Colorado, Connor Siebel, Siebold on the hill, 47 and two-thirds, 5.1 ERA, 1.41 whip. Not good numbers uh, for Mr. Siebold, and we know Colorado is always weak in the road. So maybe a Boston team total. The problem is the team total is going to be up close to probably five. And while I think they can get to Siebold for that, uh, that does that is a lot. I'm just trying to pull up his numbers. Uh, that is a fair number of runs for anybody to score in this environment, especially probably a cold Boston, a little cold in the Northeast these days. So when I look at Seabold in his last few games, against the Giants, six innings uh, at, at San Francisco, six innings, two hits, two in runs, which is pretty good because the Giants have turned into all of a sudden nearly a top 10 offense in the triple slash line. Um, so that was at home, uh, even better. Before that against Arizona, it has been a good offense in the last month or so, five and a third innings, three hits, one in run. So he's done where though, done where, done well there. A few games before that, uh, at home, four and two-thirds against the Mets, three earned runs, three and two-thirds at Texas, five hits, five earned runs, four and a third at, at home against Cincinnati, eight hits, four earned runs. So his numbers are not good, but they've not been terrible considering he pitches in, uh, in Colorado. So I think the Sox can get to him. I think they can get to him for a few runs. but And I think Paxson on the other side can can hold down Colorado. So I lean to the under. If I can get it at 10, anywhere better than minus 20, that's what I'm going to be on. So I would suggest uh, if you're on that play, shop around. The next game, just pulling my screen up again here. Um, in St. Louis, where the cards host the Giants, you can get the home cards as the underdog at plus 105. The road Giants is the favorite, minus 125. Total here is eight, juice to the over. Uh, at minus 115. And when I see, when I look at the total, I was looking at this total alert and I see money coming in on the under. 35% of the bets, 72% of the money coming in on the under eight. But when I look at uh, DraftKings, it's juiced to minus 115 on the over. So there might be some value in taking that under. When I look at FanDuel, also minus 115 on the over. So money seems to be coming in on the under. It opened at eight, it stayed at eight but you're getting a bit better price in the under. So uh, I'm going to look at that. And the reason is the pitching matchup for, for San Francisco. They have uh, Logan Webb, the righty on the hill, 84 and a third innings, 3.09 ERA, 1.09 whip. And for St. Louis, they have young lefty Matthew Libertor, 15 innings, 6.00 ERA and 1.6 whip. He has struggled. And had a couple good outings. I think people start. People thought he could be the the antidote that they needed, to say the least. Their starting pitching has been brutal this year, and I think he kind of bumped Matt Stephen Matts to the bullpen. Um, but he just hasn't done it. When I look at his game logs, 
Yeah, back his first game of the year came up against Milwaukee. Five innings, three hits, no runs. They won three nothing. Uh, great. Danny went to went in relief, had a bad outing, no big deal. Uh, goes against Cleveland, they lose four three. Five innings, five hits, four earned runs. Against Texas, uh, they lose six four. Four innings, seven hits, five runs, four earned. Texas is a good offense. Cleveland not a good offense. So pretty small sample size for the lefty. Now San Francisco doesn't exactly crush lefties. When I look at the Giants. Their batting average, their 14th, 258 uh, on base percentage, 309, which is uh, not very good. It puts them 22nd, and slugging is 394 against lefties, also not very good. That puts them in 21st. So below average triple slash line against lefties. i just not really sure I can get behind Libertor here. Logan Webb, I can get behind. Uh, San, uh, St. Louis has been struggling. I like their offense. I like their t- you know what? I don't like their team. I like their offense. I think they have the ability to wake up um, not, and, and, and be a definitely above average offense, but their pitching is brutal. And everybody says uh, San Francisco is a great deal. There's, why do I keep killing them with San Francisco? Because they're playing the Giants. St. Louis uh, is a great price. They're still sitting in last in the NL Central. They've got the best team. Uh, it's a good future to jump on. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to continue. I can't see the Cubbies winning it. Uh, I think it's still Milwaukee's division to lose, and everybody loves to dump on Milwaukee. Um, and I get it. I mean, they, they've got question marks of their own. Their average, their, their batters have struggled. They're they're brutal against lefties. They're sitting tied for Pittsburgh at top of the division, thirty four and thirty two. Uh, the Pirates at thirty four and thirty. Since he's four games back, since he ain't winning it. Since he's a great trend, Ellie Dela Cruz is up. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion Strand, or wanting, yeah, uh, is 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 um, on his way. They've got some great young pitching. They've got um, some good young players. I get it, but I don't think they're going to compete. Uh, the Cubbies six and a half games back, no chance. And I, I wasn't high in the Cubbies start in St. Louis, twenty-seven and thirty-nine, eight games back, three and seven in their last ten. So this division could be won by anybody. I'm not buying St. Louis is going to do it because they're, they're starting ter- pitching is terrible. And everybody, oh, you know, St. Louis will make a trade. You know, they've got smart management. Sure, they've got smart management. Sure, they're one of the best organizations, frankly, in the history of baseball. And they've been solid for the last decade, uh, if not more. But their starting rotation is terrible. They don't need one pitcher. They need like three. When Miles Michaelis is your ace and your savior, you know, Adam Wainwright ain't going to do it. Uh, Libertor, I don't think he's going to do it. They got Mats in the bullpen. Uh, I don't. They don't have an answer there. They don't even have to me a 500 pitcher. You know, they need kind of Miles, Miles Michaelis, and and, and Prey, and that ain't gonna cut it. Even if their offense wakes up, I don't think their offense alone can win that division. So, uh, little sidebar here, little rant. Apologize for that, but everybody's all over the the, the cards. I got nothing against the cards. I, I really don't care who wins this division. I've got no stake in the game. I just don't think they're pitching. Uh, I think their their starting pitching is the worst they've had probably in 10 or 15 years. And it's too bad. Everybody wants Wainwright to come back. And we love the guy. And hope he does. But uh, he's early 40s, coming back from injury. Uh, I don't think I, he has it in him anymore. And like I said, the rest of the guys in the rotation just aren't there for me. And it's going to take two or three starting pitchers. And with wild card teams in baseball, expanded playoffs, half of baseball needs starting pitching right now uh, for a playoff run. So it's not going to be easy. I don't know the cards have a bunch of – uh, pro, they don't have a bunch of prospects. They've got their prospects are up with them. Nolan Gorman, 
Um, you know, he, he's a guy that maybe could have traded. All of a sudden, he's bounced back. Fairly mainstay in their rotation. Are they going to trade O'Neill when he gets back and healthy? Yeah, but are you, are you going to get a top one or two starting pitcher for him and a decent prospect? I don't think so. So I don't really think they've got much that they can do. Anyways, sorry about my rant there on St. Louis. The long and short of that is don't take a future on St. Louis to win the uh, NL Central. At least I won't be. Next game of the night. Not really on that game. Don't have a side there. Uh, if anything, I like San Francisco. Minus 125 uh, is a little steep. Uh, but they have been hitting well. Don't hit lefties great. But if anything, I would take the Giants minus 125. In Texas, we have the Rangers hosting the LA Angels. The Rangers come in at minus 155 in the money line. This favorites, the Angels plus 135. Total here is 10. Juice to the under at minus 115. No real trends on what side of the money people are on. So um, I like the Texas run line. And I've taken a few Texas run lines lately. I'm in the black on it. Um, so it's been profitable, but there's always some risk in taking the run line. And the run line is plus 120. And the reason is... LA's starting pitcher, uh, Tyler Anderson, is a lefty, and Texas hits lefties quite well. We'll get to that in a second. So Anderson comes in 57 and two-thirds innings, 5.62 ERA, 1.6 whip, just 38 strikeouts, not enough strikeouts, 28 uh, walks. That's what, a walk every second inning? Way too many. Dane Dunning, who has quietly had a low-key, very good season, and he's going to have to continue to do this with DeGrom out for the year. 53 and two-thirds innings, 2.52 ERA, 1.1 whip. Only 33 strikeouts, not striking on enough guys, and 13 walks, which is pretty decent. But the, but the angle here is Texas against lefties, and Anderson is a very average lefty to me. So, triple slash line, Texas has the fifth best batting average against lefties at 289, the best on-base percentage at 363, and the fourth best slugging percentage at 462. They're hitting lefties. They're hitting lefties hard. Um, I like the way they've been playing pretty much all year. And I think they win this. I prefer not to take the run line, but the money line's a little, little uh, pricey for me. So when I'm going, pulling up to see what they've done, their WRC plus against lefties, I know it's quite strong as well. Yeah, the WRC plus Texas is W so wins created plus is plus is 130. So the league average is 100. Basically, if you're above it, you're in this case 30% better than the league average against lefties. So I like them to be able to get to Anderson. He has struggled at walking too many guys and against that Texas lineup with their power. When I look at their ISO against lefties, which basically just isolates power, uh, Texas is a once. 0.173 ISO, which is the eighth best in baseball. So they're hitting for power. They've been hitting for power against everybody. I like the Rangers laying the run line, minus one and a half. Don't want to take them at minus 155. Next game in Kansas City, where we've got the exciting surging Reds in Kansas City to play the Royals. The Royals are home favorites, minus 115. You can get the Reds on the road at minus 105. Total here is eight and a half, juice minus 110 on both sides. And we get Zach Grinke, the veteran at home, going for Kansas City, and Luke Weaver, the young ready for Cincinnati. Weaver comes in 47 to third inning, 6.27 ERA, 1.42 whip. Struggled this year. Uh, not missing a lot of bats, but definitely has struggled. Zach Grinke, uh, also not missing a lot of bats, but I'm going to be on his K prop in a second. 66 and two thirds innings, 4.59 ERA, 1.13 whip. He's had a bounce back here. And the knock, if you listen to my show, 
the last year and a half or so. Uh, the play has been to play Grinky, play against him on the road and at home, not necessarily play him, but he's going to be better at home. And he's actually righted that ship. He's pitched well. His last three games, he's pitched well on the road and he's pitched fairly well at home. He's got a 1.13 ERA and a, no, 4.5, sorry, 1.13 whip, 4.59 ERA. Good whip and not great ERA, but decent for what he's been doing recently. 50 strikeouts and 66 and two-thirds innings. So not striking out a ton of guys. But I'm actually going to be on his K-Prop over three and a half. I've got it a fan duel at minus uh, 118. When I look at what Cincinnati, so Cincinnati strikes out 8.93 times per nine innings on average. So just under just under once uh, per inning. So I think Grinky, they're not letting Grinky go deep into games. Um, but I, I could see him getting into five, maybe if he's pitching efficiently, five or six innings, um, at least five. So if he can get one per inning, well, there's five, he, he kind of clears that easily. But when I'm looking at his game logs, now it's on an uh, over, I think it was on Grinky over three and a half against Miami, and he got the three. Then his defense let him down. He ended up giving up five runs in four and third innings. Prior to that, at St. Louis, five innings, six strikeouts. At home versus Detroit, five innings, five strikeouts. At the at the White Sox, five and two-thirds, four strikeouts. At Milwaukee, five innings, five strikeouts. So four of his last five games, he got over that. And they're not necessarily letting him go deeper. They're letting him go around 80, 85 pitches per game. But if every, you know, in, in, in that stretch, he's gone into the fifth inning. He didn't do the last game, four and thirds, but all six starts in uh, May. He got at least five innings. Didn't get to six, but he got at least five innings. So if he can get to five innings, uh, through five innings, and the Reds are striking out once an inning, I know the math is never perfect, but that would equal five strikeouts. That would hit me this prop. And young, free-swinging Reds, they're going to be hyped. They're going to be going for it. Big Park in Kansas City may limit some runs, may give them a few more batters to strike out. I'm on Mr. G to get those three and a half strikeouts. On to, where are we here? On to Seattle, where the M's are facing the Miami Marlins. Sorry, why is my system so wonky today? You get the home Mariners at minus 120. You get the road Marlins at plus 100. Total here is seven and a half. Not juiced either way, minus 110. And for the Mariners, you get Bryce Miller, the right young righty on the hill, and you get Jesus Lazardi, the lefty on the bump for the M's. And I was really, really hoping to take the Mariners because Seattle struggles against lefties. They do not hit lefties well at all. Uh, but Bryce Miller has also struggled for Seattle. Or, and Bryce Miller has struggled for Seattle. He goes in 38 and 30 and 4.46 ERA, 0.97 whip. Uh, those numbers sound good, but when I dig a little deeper, Mr. Miller, he had a he had his first couple starts were quite impressive, and then he struggled in his last two. And I think a lot of people were saying, well, that it was to be expected because his first couple starts, yeah, he started uh, how many games did he started here? Six starts. Uh, his first start is against Houston, very good outing, six innings, two hits, no earned runs. Then he goes at Detroit, seven innings, three hits, no earned runs, not really much of a challenge. At Atlanta, six and a third, four hits, three earned runs. Okay, you know, got hit by a good team. Against Oakland, six innings, two hits, no earned runs. Okay, well, that's pretty good. You know, three of his first four outings uh, gave up zero or no runs, but they were against Oakland, Oakland, Detroit. Uh, and against Houston, obviously, he hit a little. Then he goes into New York, 
At home against the Yankees, four and two thirds, eleven hits, eight earned runs. Uh, okay. Against Texas, at Texas, two and a third, eight hits, seven earned runs. All right. So who's Bryce Miller? Uh, is he the Bryce Miller who shut down Oakland twice in Houston, in Detroit once, and Houston? Or is he the Bryce Miller who got knocked around by the Yankees in Texas? Hard to say. The problem is he's facing Miami. So I don't really have a whole lot of confidence that Miami's going to come in and light up Mr. Miller or anybody else uh, the way they've been struggling this year. When I pull up their numbers against righties, they are uh, 248 batting average, 312 on-base percentage, and a 387 slugging. So not good numbers at all against righties. Not the worst in the league, for sure. More mid-pack. You know, that batting average is 248 is 13th, the on-base percentage at 312. The against righties puts them tied with Seattle actually at 21st. So, and the slugging percentage is 387. They don't tend to have a whole lot of power. And unfortunately, that is even squashed more by the home park. But they're 18th, so below average. They don't hit righties really well. They don't hit anybody really well. So I can't really back them here. And not... So games, games, a, a stay away from me as much as I, I, I would like to uh, go against Bryce Miller, Miami's offense just isn't there for me. Total seven and a half. That's too low because if I'm right on Bryce Miller's struggles, Miami can put up three or four runs on their own and Seattle, while they've, uh, sorry, did I show Seattle's numbers against lefties? Seattle has, uh, Seattle doesn't hit lefties all that well, but you know, they put up a couple runs. Now, all of a sudden, we're at six or seven, and I think it's a game. Um, I like Miami, but at plus 102, not enough to take them on the money line. And I don't like Seattle because I think Lazardo's a better pitcher. What if he shuts them down? And then Seattle, uh, their offense, can't put any runs on the board. And Sorry, and Miami does get to Miller. So too many questions. Sometimes the best bet is just to stay away. So uh, we move on. The next game. In Arizona, where the D-backs host the Phillies, you can get the home D-backs at minus 106, and the road Phillies at the favorite, minus 110. Total here is 10, just to the over, at around minus 120. And I'm actually on Philadelphia on the money line here, minus 110. So when we pull up the pitching um, pitching matchup, Matt Strom is the lefty, battle lefties here. Matt Strom is on the hill for Philly. He's uh, 42 and a third innings. Bounced back and forth between the bullpen and starting rotation, and he's done quite well. 3.61 ERA, 1.04 whip. He's not an opener, but I don't see him going more than about three or four innings because he's not all that stretched out. But uh, I would give him three or four innings. Tommy Henry on the flip side, uh, also a lefty, 45 and a third innings, 4.37 ERA, 1.3 whip. And I think this game comes down to Matt Strom's been pitching well, and I'm not really sure Tommy Henry uh, is exactly there. When we pull up his numbers, he comes in with a 4.37 ERA, but a 5.76 whip. So that means uh, he has been very fortunate. He should have a whip, you know, 1.31, pardon me, an ERA 1.3, 1.4 higher. Uh, so hasn't pitched all that well. Got rocked against Washington, out Washington last time out, four and, five, four and a third, five inning, or five hits, five earned runs. Prior to that, pitched well uh, against Colorado. Games for that, Philly and Oakland hit him a little bit. So he's playing against Philly. And let me pull that line up. Five and two-thirds. So back in May 22nd, a few weeks ago, five and two-thirds, four hits, two earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts, and two long balls. 
So he's been struggling. Matt Strom, on the other hand, has been doing a good job. When I pull up his game logs, his FIP is actually better than his ERA. So his ERA 3.61, his FIP's 3.44. So he's actually underperformed what he should be. Anyways, I think um, when I pull up what these guys have done, these teams have done against lefties, I know Arizona is – no, oh, wrong, wrong category – Arizona has done fairly well against lefties. Not exactly crushing the ball, but doing uh, decent. Sorry to pull this up on the fly here. Arizona, yeah, there we go. 266 batting average, 322 on base percentage, 429 slugging. Philly against lefties, 244 batting average, 294 on base, not great, and a 420 slugging. So slightly worse on the Phillies. That's that on base percentage. Slightly worse numbers for the Phillies against lefties, but Matt Strom, Matt Strom's a way better lefty than Tommy Henry, in my opinion. So I'm willing to back them on the road uh, as the underdogs, taking the Phillies at minus 110. And next game. Nope, that's it. That's what, that's what I thought. <laughs> We're out west for the last game, though. Then we move on to... Um, no, we still got Tampa and Oakland. What the heck is going on with my system here? Last game of the night, the official last game in Oakland. We've got the A's hosting the Rays. You can get the Rays at minus 260 in the money line. Maybe this is why I forgot about this game. And you can get Oakland plus 220. Total here is 8.5, juice to the over at minus 115. For the A's, we have Zach Eflin, 66 and two-thirds, 2.97 area, 0.96 whip, 66 strikeouts, basically a strikeout per inning. James Caprillion, on the other hand, the righty for Oakland, 43 and two-thirds, 7.21 ERA, 1.76 whip, uh, 39 strikeouts, 43 two-thirds. So getting just under strikeout inning, not bad numbers. I like the Rays. I like the Rays to score. I don't like Oakland. I don't like Oakland to score. I like Eflin over Caprillion. So where do you go with this? I'm not laying 260 and the run line for the Rays. They're on the road, which is nice, but it's minus 165. I'm not laying that much in the run line now or probably ever. So stay away a game for me. No action on that one. I think Oakland will win. Or pardon me, I think the Rays will win. Yeah, Oakland's done well lately. Yeah, they're at home, but they're still Oakland. So, uh, But you can't touch that with those numbers. So on the Texas run line, plus 120, Grinky over 3.5 Ks, and Philly on the one, minus 110 run line, looking for that Colorado-Boston game, if I can get it at 9.5. At anything better than 120, well, 115 or better, I'll be on that. But as of right now, I'm not. And going to be watching that NBA Finals where my Heat – nah, they're not my Heat, not even close to my Heat. I just think they're going to keep the game close. And don't think they're sending it back to Miami. Uh, but I think they're going to keep it close. And I don't think they're going to be losing my nine. So I'm going to sit and wait, see if I can get this game back up to nine. If I can, I'm going to jump on the heat at plus nine. And if anything with that, I would lean to the over. Still hovering around 210. Wait till uh, you can get a minus. Pardon me, if you can get a 209 and a half, even better. Um, but right now, right around 210. So hope you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you got some picks, some angles. Hopefully you can make money. Hopefully we can all make money. And hopefully we can have a good day in sports betting. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.